0: But they can't, and they know it, and so they pray. Next slide. Look what happens in response to the prayers of the apostles. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And my point with that is, do you see how the Spirit came to them in response to the prayers that they offered up to God? They said when Jesus left, Lord, we need you. We can't do this on our own. We have to have you present. You need to work among us. And God said, yes! I will be among you. I will come and make my home with you. I will be present and I will begin to work within you and among you. He makes himself present when God's people pray. And if if that's the case, if God is going to be present when God's people pray, then what do we need to do, church? Oh, we need to pray. We need to pray and we need to be so dependent on God to make himself present In a way that cannot be possible unless we do make ourselves available to God like that. For him to come and enter our presence and do something. We need that so badly. And to try and do it on our own will absolutely fail. You know, here we are in the middle of, of significant renovations. I'm glad we're doing that. Those have been needed. It's absolutely wonderful. I look and see what the progress was while I was gone. Fantastic. I'm just thrilled with all of that, and it's going to be wonderful. It will all be for naught if the people don't pray. I think about all the effort that goes on in ministry at our church, all the people who are planning for good things to happen in our congregation. I think about all those who went to post falls recently at Real Life Ministries and came back with great enthusiasm and desire for God to do wonderful things about us or among us. It will do nothing if God's people don't pause. And in the midst of all of their plans and all of our thinking and all of our dreaming and the things that we want to get accomplished, if we don't stop and pray. Next slide. Look at this text. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. We're talking here about the church at Antioch. And Saul has gone there to work with the people. And it says that these wonderful leaders were present at the church at Antioch. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, it says, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Do you see what the leaders here were doing in response to the need to go into the world with the gospel? They've got Barnabas and Saul there ready to go, two fine men of God ready to be sent out. They've got all kinds of wonderful teachers and leaders here, it says, who are working with the church in Antioch. Leaders who are no doubt progressive thinkers, ready to move forward, want to, get, want to get things accomplished for God. And the text specifically says that while verse, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting in verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. What is it that sets Barnabas and Saul apart? Is it the vision of the leaders? Is it their capacity for seeing what needs to be done the next thing? Is it their organization? Is it their style of ministry? Is it their personal personalities? The text says that they were praying and fasting. And while they're worshiping the Lord, praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit Sets apart two missionaries and says, I'm going to change the world. And so Paul goes into the Mediterranean world and he does indeed change the history of humankind. Because some men were praying and fasting and worshiping the Lord. And my sense is from this text is they were absolutely God dependent. Given themselves completely over to God, and we're saying, Lord, we need you. We need you so badly. Please come and enter our ministries and do something among us. And God said, yes. And he sends Barnabas and Saul to do wonderful things among the church. You know, we think that the most important thing happens sometimes when we make great decisions, when we're right on top of our game, When we just, we've got everything together. But the most important decision that the church will make is when it stops whatever it's doing and decides to pray. When it decides to worship. When it decides to fast. And ask for God to come and enter our midst and do something among us. That, is when we will see the things happen that need to happen among us. I am so blessed to be a part of a congregation that I would see as has so much potential. There is so much here that God can accomplish and that we can get done. The thing that will change us from being a, a group of people who move along doing some good things for God to a group of people who are absolutely on fire for the Lord and accomplishing all that God wants us to accomplish, the thing that will change that is when we choose to open our lives to His presence. When we choose to not be in any way self-dependent but absolutely God-dependent and to pray and to ask Him to be in our midst, that's when things will drastically change. And so the most important thing that our leaders can do, but not just our leaders, everybody among us. The most important thing that you can do is fast and pray and ask for God to bless the ministry of the church and for God to move us forward, and I believe that he will. Let me read you something from page 56 of Jim Cimbala's book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. If you don't know Cimbala, he and his wife started a church in Brooklyn, in New York, New uh, York. There was just a handful of people in an old, broken down building. The building was just dilapidated. He tells a story about how one night they were there on a Wednesday night and there were five people sitting in the pew and all of a sudden the pew just collapsed underneath and broke right in half. Five people spilled on the floor. Talks about how their heater broke down, the furnace broke down, they didn't have the money to fix it. and the, oh, It was just a disaster for them. Just this handful of elderly people in a, in a run-down part of Brooklyn without apparently any potential. The church today is thousands. And he, he talks in the book about how really it's, it's the prayer life of the church that completely changes everything about who they are. But here's an, an, an interesting little paragraph. He says, Satan's main strategy with God's people has always been to whisper this. Don't call. Don't ask. Don't depend on God To do great things. You'll get along fine. If you just rely on your own cleverness. And your own energy. And he says the truth of the matter is. That the devil is not terribly frightened. Of our human efforts. And credentials. But he knows his kingdom will be damaged. When we lift up our hearts. To God. And that's exactly right. I don't think that Satan is particularly scared of me. James, you're a big guy. Satan isn't scared of you. But Satan is terrified when the weakest among us decides to pray. He is terrified when God's people fall on their knees and begin to say, Lord, come and be with us. God, we can't do this on our own. We're at Absolutely, it's your mercy dependent upon you. And when we say that, Satan begins to tremble because he recognizes that that is when God's church will move forward and accomplish what it needs to accomplish. In the same book, on page 97, Sybilis says these things. The work of God can only be carried on by the power of God. The church is a spiritual organism fighting spiritual battles. Only spiritual power can make it function as God ordained. The key is not money, organization, cleverness, or education. Are you and I seeing the results that Peter saw? Are we bringing thousands of men and women to Christ the way he did? If not, we need to get back to his power source. No matter the society or culture, the city or town, God has never lacked the power. Listen to this line. No matter the city or town, God has never lacked the power to work through a... through available people, to glorify His name. When we sincerely turn to God, we will find that His church always moves forward, not backward. We can never back up and accommodate ourselves to what the world wants or expects. Our stance must remain militant, aggressive, and bold. But when He says that, when He says that we need to be militant and aggressive and bold, He's not talking about our own power. He's talking about God working among us. He wants us to be militant and aggressive and bold in prayer. He wants us to be militant and aggressive and bold in God dependency. And when we rely on God in that way, there's a chance for the church to move forward. The most important work that our church can possibly do is the work that will bring about the Holy Spirit's presence among us. Because we can't do this on our own. And when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to work among us the way He wants to work among us with His power and strength and presence, then things will get accomplished that we couldn't begin to have dreamt. There will be more done than we would have ever imagined and we'll look back not on the past days of the church and say oh those were the good old days we'll recognize that the good old days are right now among us as god works here with people who are absolutely dependent upon him and on the presence of his spirit i'm imploring this morning for our elders, our staff, our ministry leaders, and every other Christian among us. To recognize how bankrupt we are without God's presence. And I, and I want to encourage you this. December 1st is coming very quickly. And during the month of December, there are going to be all kinds of distractions. We've got Christmas coming up, and you guys are going to start buying things for people and thinking about Christmas and the holidays and time off and all those things that go along with this time of year. We get distracted. And here's the imploring. Here's the request. Don't get distracted, and instead do this. Make it a practice, a habit, a commitment for you that every day during the month of December, you're going to pray for God's spirit to be present within the church. Husbands and wives, if you don't normally pray together, this is a great excuse to start. Let me encourage you, husbands and wives, to sit down together and say to ourselves, we're going to spend a few moments together praying for the ministry of the church, praying for God's spirit to be among us as we minister in this community. And I think, no, I don't think, I know, I have absolute confidence that if all of the people who can hear me right now will take a few moments every day in the month of December to pray for the ministry of our church and for God to bless us as we move forward, here's what I promise I promise you that God will bless us. I promise you that January and February and March and April that we're going to see results. Because I have confidence that that's exactly who God is. That's what he does. He says that he will be with us. And just like in Acts 13 when they worshipped and prayed and fasted and the Holy Spirit sent apart people who would go into the the world with the gospel, I guarantee you that God is going to do the same kind of thing. And the daily conversions that we want to see, we can see those. That can happen. God is not gone from the ministry of the church. He is here. And he can do this. If we make ourselves available to God. Now, if you forget what I've just said, and you don't pray during December, or if you say, well, that's silly and I don't have time for that, and you don't, then I can work another promise here into this. And that is that the blessings that God wants to shower down upon us will be greatly, I'll use this word, truncated. Cut short. Cut off. They won't be there. Because God's people chose not to ask him for things and he didn't bless us. Let us ask God every day during the month of December, Take time to pray for the ministry of the church. Pray for daily conversions, for God's Spirit to come and work among us in a significant way. And I absolutely believe He will. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the historical examples that we have in the book of Acts of people who prayed and whom you blessed. Thank you, Father, for churches like Symbolist Church or like Richland Hills that decided to pray and you came and you blessed them with your presence and you worked things among them that they couldn't begin to do themselves because you're God and we're not. Father, help us to pray. Father, I pray that you would help every person here to use the month of December as an opportunity to pray for the ministry of the church that you might move us forward. Father, we want to put ourselves completely in your hands. We want to be at your disposal. We want you to to be working among us because we're dependent upon you. We want to be God-dependent. So do things among us, God, that we couldn't do. Answer our prayers. Bless us with your fruit. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, please.